What's going on, everybody? Cheers. Happy Wednesday or whatever day of the week it is when you're watching this or listening to it. Welcome to the With Her Two Hands podcast. I'm your host, Bogey, and this is your weekly series where every week we get to sit down with a badass woman in the trades, uh, hearing the stories of women who have overcome all sorts of obstacles and all of the the, the stuff that comes along with being a minority and a heavily male-dominated career path to excel and to just kick butt in their respective trades. Um, we speak with women from all sorts of different industries, whether it's automotive, uh, helicopter, airplane, electricians, construction, plumbing, you name it. We've spoken with an incredible woman killing it in one of those trades. If you go back and listen to past episodes, there's a ton of inspiration, ton of empowering women to learn from. Um, I encourage you to go back and check out their stories, but welcome. Uh, great to see so many familiar faces and names always coming up in the comments, hanging out with us each week. Welcome, guys. Thanks for coming back. And anybody new, welcome, welcome. Thanks for coming and checking this out. Uh, every week, we meet with a new woman on Wednesday. Um, we also release a new archive episode every Monday evening. So two times a week, you get an opportunity to watch the With Her Two Hands podcast. Um, so definitely come hang out with us twice a week, same time, same place. Um, and make sure you follow us on social media. And if you like this series, make sure you hit like, hit subscribe, follow along on the journey. And all of these amazing guests, go check them out. Go uh, check them out on social media, support them, throw them some love, uh, see what they're up to, especially with the archive episodes. A lot of these uh, archive episodes are from three or four years ago, which means these women are up to all sorts of crazy stuff since the episodes aired. Um, and so definitely lots to learn about and keep up with on that as well. So um, we've got some incredible sponsors who help make this series possible. Uh, tonight's episode is brought to you guys in part by ASE, which if you're not familiar with them, they are, uh, the in the United States, the, the main source of any sort of certifications that the automotive industry has uh, for certifying shops and individual technicians and creating a standard of professionalism uh, amongst the automotive technicians in the automotive industry. Uh, they've been around since the 70s. They're a nonprofit organization, and they do a ton of work behind the scenes in addition to all their certifications to, to help uh, really advance the industry, uh, whether it's training the trainers, uh, the shop instructors that teach all across the country, uh, connecting schools and shops with students and helping create a pathway for, for new technicians to find success within the industry. So definitely go check them out. Um, and then also by Drive Time. If you're not familiar with Drive Time, they are, um, they are a used car seller, but they also recondition all of those cars. They have locations all across the country, and they uh, have an incredible culture of bringing new people into the industry, helping them find their training, find their home, uh, find what their specialty and their niche is, and uh, helping them grow within the industry. So if you're interested in checking them out, if you're new to the industry or just looking for a great company, uh, culture to be a part of, or know somebody who's looking to find a home, uh, go check them out. The links are all in the description down below. Um, and with that, I'm gonna shut up because we have an amazing guest today and I'm really excited for you guys to meet her. She is kick-ass and um, you know, all of the women that we meet in these, in these episodes are women who are killing it in non-traditional fields. Um, this particular woman is in a field that is even 
even more heavily male dominated than a lot of them. Um, and, and we're gonna hear some about what her experience has been, but I'm really excited for you to meet, and I'm gonna bring her on right now, Miss Audie Batson. Hello, how are you? I am good, how are you? Fantastic. So before we dive into stuff, um, tell the fine folks at home, uh, make sure I pronounced your name correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, and tell everybody where you are, what your official position is, um, what you do, and then we'll dive into stuff uh, after that, okay? All right. So I currently live in Hamilton, Ontario, which is close to Toronto, Ontario. I would say it's about 45-minute drive, depending on your traffic. So like fairly large city. Um, I work full time in a collision shop doing heavy collision stuff. I guess my technical term for my job position is a licensed collision repair technician. Okay. So I think the word collision tech, and I want to like do some explaining of terms for people because anybody not in the industry may not know the difference between these things, right? There's there's people who work in the refinishing side of the automotive industry, right? Whether it's collision or restoration or whatever. But within that, there's a ton of different like sub positions, right? There's body yeah. tech, there's painters, there's collision techs, there's like the heavy, heavy body tech stuff. Um, what are some of the different things and, and how, how do you best explain kind of the different positions and what you do for people who don't, who aren't familiar? So I guess basically what I would do is like, I will take the cars apart, uh, replace broken parts that need to be replaced. If there's like repair stuff that needs to be done on certain body panels, like doors or bumpers, fenders, quarter panels, stuff like that, I'll fix that stuff. If I have to actually change the panel, then I'll cut them off the car and weld on the new ones and everything. And then I even do a lot of the heavy hits where I'm up on a frame rack if I have to straighten frame stuff like that. Okay. And that's kind a totally cool. different arena than like body work and paint work, correct? Yeah. So like I will do like body filler stuff as well where once like I do my welding or my fixing of the dents and stuff like that, I will do okay. body filler. Okay. You do both. Where, yeah. Up until okay. the point where when I would send it over to the prep department, then they would do their final sanding before primer and stuff like that. Okay. Interesting. I know in some shops, they break it down even further where like the folks doing the frame and the welding and whatnot never touch body filler. And it's like yeah. two totally separate roles. So is your shops, uh, how large is it? Um, there's four of us technicians on the floor. Then we have mm -hmm. a prepper and then we have a painter and okay. a detailer. Okay. Awesome. So and it might end up. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, which makes sense why there's overlap in some of the, um, the functionality. Mm -hmm. Um, in my, in my intro, I alluded to how, you know, heavily male dominated your particular subsect of, of, um, skill set is. I, we've interviewed plenty of, and I know a ton of women amazing painters, amazing body techs, and they're the ones doing the body filler work and, and making them smooth and, and great before paint and all really incredible work. Um, you may be one of the few women who I know on the in the collision industry that is on that heavier duty side of things where it's 
dealing with bent frames and replacing panels and it's not very common. Are you, do no, you, do you know really any doing what you do? Um, not really. I mean, there's probably a couple out there that I've met and stuff and some that I know are like in the process of getting to that point. Yeah. But as far as like, to the extent that I've been at, I haven't really come across too many. Yeah. It's, imp it's impressive. Like seriously, hats off and cheers to you. Cause I, I know it's not, um, not always an easy path being one of the first nope. and one of the it's only. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go back in time because you originally didn't, this wasn't your original plan collision. Like you hadn't set your heart on collision. You had your heart set somewhere else. So tell me what the original plan was and what happened before like rewind in time here. <laughs> okay. I will do my best. <laughs> um, I mean, well, back when I was in high school, I had no, I didn't really want to go to college or university or anything. So I didn't really pick anything. But after like a couple of years of being out of high school, I was kind of like, well, like, I kind of want to go back to school. So I started looking at stuff that I could, you know, do. And I was interested in Believe it or not, video editing and computer stuff oh. or um, auto mechanics. Sorry, I had a brain uh, card. That's, that's okay. That's a fascinating. I did not know that I about know. you. Oh. Yeah, and then I was just like reading into the programs, like courses and stuff. And I was like, well, I kind of, I don't really want to be stuck behind a computer all day, every day. So I'm going to try my hand in mechanics. So I went to okay. college. I did a one-year program for auto mechanics which would essentially put me on the path to becoming an auto mechanic. Okay. And then, so All right, well, let's pause before you go any further. I'm curious what between those two things, which are very different things, like what drew you to those two fields, particularly amongst like all of the rest of the things in the world that like you could have looked at, you narrowed in on auto mechanic or video editing? Why those two? What was the attraction? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've always liked fixing things okay. and like creating things. I liked drawing and photo editing and stuff like that when I was in high school. So I took a lot of those classes okay. and then I did take an automotive class in high school, but it okay. didn't really work out the greatest for me. So it was like, okay. yeah, but why then not? I decided why not just do it? Like, you know, I'd rather learn how to fix a car than editing photos and stuff like that. Mostly, I guess, for my own personal fixing my own vehicle if something broke down. Okay. Um, Why did it not work out so well in high school? The automotive? Yeah. Um, the teacher that I had, he ended up getting really sick. And then we oh. had a supply teacher who was an actual mechanic and the whole women in the industry thing. Like women doing a man's job thing was not oh. really that, you know, he didn't really give me the opportunity to grow. So then I just kind of lost interest in it. Understood. So, but then fast forward to, you know, a couple of years after high school, I decided, you know, what, I'm just going to, I'm going to dive in and do it. Yeah. Was the attraction originally to taking, even taking that class in high school, was the attraction originally to like, just learn about your own cars? Was it, what, what was the appeal or what drew you to that? Cause that's not something you commonly hear still in today's day and age that high school age girls are, are taking auto shops. So what made you take that class and drew you to it? 
I think, like, growing up, my dad was always working on his vehicles in the garage and stuff, and I always liked to be there to help him, whether or not I was able to actually, you know, turn a wrench or just pass him the wrench or hold the light. So it was always <laughs> something, you know, he's always out there doing something on the garage, so I want to be just like him, right? So I kind of wanted to learn how to, you know, fix things for myself. Okay. And, you know, get a basic knowledge of what's behind a basically a vehicle if you know I needed to go into a shop that to get my vehicle fixed I could yeah. not you know have them take advantage of me because I'm a woman yeah absolutely and then when did it go from that to I want to make a career out of this I think when I decided I wanted to actually go to college when I was in my early 20s and that's when I decided to I applied for the program and got it and I took it and I loved it nice now, you you said that originally you started out your program, your training in automotive mechanics. Was that the high school stuff or was that later once you went back to college as well? Um, I, well, I did the one semester in high school and then kind of took a break of, from it for a couple of years after I graduated. And then I did one year in the college in my hometown. Okay. And yeah. what made you what made you move away from the mechanical side and into the collision side? You, you mentioned in your, in when we were talking offline a little bit that like small town, you weren't getting opportunities. What did that, what did that look like? So like I had applied at like a few of the mechanics shops in and around the town I grew up in and being that I was a woman, a lot of them never really had women working on the shop floor before. So they weren't really, excited I guess to hire me on and at the time I had had a friend who was working as a collision technician in a collision shop and they were looking for someone to do mechanical stuff okay so I would do they hired me to do like suspension stuff so I'd change out suspensions do the wheel alignments and all that kind of stuff tires anything mechanical really so what do you attribute them giving you a shot versus these other shops? Like what was it, what was the difference? Is it because you knew somebody versus I think it going in was cuz I had some I knew someone who had already worked there and they put in a good name for me saying yeah. like, you know, like give this girl a chance and like when they yeah. had me in for my interview and everything like they told me they're like if you know you work out, you will be the first girl we've ever had work on our shop floor kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I went in feeling like I had to, I had to, you know, do good. I had no pressure. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, I'm I'm setting the bar for, you know, the future. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, no pressure at all there. You're, you're going to be the first. (laughs) Yeah. So I think to this day, they've had one other girl work on the shop floor. Okay. So you must have left a good taste in their mouth because they hired another because I I think you're absolutely right it's it's unfortunate that that's the case right like that we wind up representing all women even though we shouldn't Mm -hmm. obviously but if we're their first experience of a female out on the on in the shop if they don't have a good experience they're probably not going to hire another woman and so um Mm -hmm. it's a testament to you that they have again since then but um but yeah that's it's a ton of pressure I think people don't think about that often like (laughs) it's it's significant um so what were people saying to you when you were applying at these other shops were they just like flat out 
were they just turning you down? Were they telling you why? Was it be that because you were a woman or what was, what were you encountering? Honestly, like I would put in my applications and then like, I wouldn't hear from them. And then if I called to follow up, they just, they'd be say they're like busy or something. And then they'd call me back and then I just never hear anything from them. Yeah. Just the, the avoidance. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So you wind up at collision kind of by accident. Yeah. Um, but you're still and I ended focused up on loving it. <laughs> right. Right. So it's, it's, it's good. It's interesting. I, I feel like it makes me sad because I feel like I've heard so many women who say I wanted to be a mechanic, but it was so hard that I wound up in this other industry instead. Um, whether it's collision, whether it's body and paint, whether it's welding, um, whether it's plumbing, like I know a lot of tradeswomen who started out wanting to be auto mechanics and then got discouraged from it. Um, and it just, it makes me so sad. And this was like, what, 10, 10 years ago ish? About that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not even like, that's not that long ago for like context, y'all. Like this is not that yeah. long ago. <laughs> um, it's, it really like makes my, it makes my heart really sad that that's the case, but I'm really happy for you because you found something that you excel at and that wound up being perfect. You might not have found otherwise. Mm -hmm. So you went in to this job doing mechanical uh, for a collision shop. Um, how did you start making that transition onto the collision side? And was there like a moment where you're like, I really like the collision side. I want to do this. This is more where my heart is. Uh, yeah, there probably was a moment. I can't really remember it at the time, like right now, but, um, basically I got into the, doing the collision stuff when there wasn't much suspension work that needed to be done or alignments and they just didn't want me standing around doing nothing. So they're like, Hey, do you want to, you know, learn how to take this bumper off or <laughs> do you want to change this fender? Or do you want to learn how to fix the fender? That kind of stuff. Cool. And I was just like, I just jumped in. I'm always open to learn new things. So I just jumped in and learned it. And I was like, yeah. Hey, I actually kind of like this. And then after a couple of months, they're like, are you interested in starting like an apprenticeship? Because we have to do levels of schooling here in Canada. So yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm down, like, you know, anything to learn more. So they're like, okay, we'll get you signed up as an apprentice. And then I got the offer for school to do my first level of my apprenticeship training. And then nice. that's how I ended up in Southern Ontario. Okay. So you had to leave where you were at, at that shop that gave yeah. you your chance to go do the schooling. Yeah. Because, uh, so the town I grew up in, the college there didn't offer the apprenticeship program uh, for auto body. They offer okay. the mechanics one, but not auto body. Oh, interesting. Okay. So you yeah. had to move to do that program and it meant leaving this shop. Yeah. So uh, it, generally the way that works is, you know, the, the shop will lay you off. You go do your school for two months and then you come back to work. But huh. I liked it in Southern Ontario. So I <laughs> didn't go back. <laughs> <laughs> was it, was it hard to leave that shop or no? Yeah, it was hard. Like my, my mentor was there, like one of the techs that was training me, like, he was a good teacher and everything. So and like, you know, leaving my family and everything was tough. But being in a small town of 100,000 people, you don't really 
get the opportunities that you do down <laughs> in bigger cities, right? <laughs> I love that. I love you're my kind of person because you're like small town of a hundred thousand. A lot of people would call that a big town. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's small compared to Hamilton, but... where I live, or right. Toronto, right, where there's a couple million people. <laughs> right, no, totally, totally. I just hear lots of, like, small town folks, like, listening to this being like, 100,000 people, that's a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. But being from New York City, I agree with you that that's a very small town. But um, um, so this this shop, though, like, I'm curious, or I want to hear more about it. You, you mentioned briefly your mentor, like, because... You got really lucky in a sense with a shop that even though they had never had a woman, were open to having a woman and then mm-hmm. really like gave you a shot, like for, like legitimately gave you a shot and treated you well and you wound up with a great mentor. Like what do you attribute? Was was it just luck? Do you feel like you created that situation and fa- and found that mentor and cultivated that? Like how what can you or i guess i should say it as like what can you recommend to others who might be in a similar situation like how to how to cultivate that and create that for themselves um i mean like for me the technician that like my mentor he was in the he worked in the stall beside me so like i was constantly watching like what he was doing like if he had you know something i'd never done before or wanted to learn I would like go over and watch how, like what he was doing. And like, eventually he started realizing, you know, that I was interested and I'd ask questions and stuff like that. So just for me, it was just stepping out of that comfort zone. Right. And asking yeah. the questions saying you want to learn and hope for the best. <laughs> was he open to you from the beginning or did he, did you win him over? Yeah, he was he was pretty good right from the beginning. The other That's technicians awesome. at the shop at the time, they wouldn't really give me the time of day because also like it was tough me being a new person. They were all experienced licensed technicians working flat rate. Right. So for them to stop working on a job that they're making money on to teach me didn't really they didn't yeah. really like doing that. But this one tech, he he didn't seemed to care he'd always teach me help me if I needed it that's awesome I was pretty fortunate and grateful for that we talk about mentors a lot on this on this show do you do you feel like it's hard to say but do you feel like if you hadn't had him or that type of of ally and mentor um who gave you that shot um that you would have stayed with the industry I mean it's hard to say like back then I probably would have gotten discouraged, but if it was like today, I'd probably still continue to push through and, you know, no. do the best I can. <laughs> I think that's fair. I mean, this industry definitely like teaches us how to keep pushing even when, yeah. when the going gets tough, but when you're younger, it's, it's, it's harder. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I I can't stress enough anybody who's new to this series like the frequency with which we like we hear in like women who've been successful and stayed in the industry for a long time versus the women who've like struggled or left the industry like mm-hmm. having a good mentor having a person who like took them seriously is like the theme that just runs through everything and how how absolutely crucially important that is um, so that's awesome. Yay. Cheers to him for, <laughs> yeah. And cheers I mean, to that shop. Like, <laughs> yeah. They, they were a good shop. 
That's awesome. So you left them. You said, thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for the intro and all the training. And now I'm going to go do this in a bigger city. So how, what happened then? What's the, what's the next step for you? So I ended up moving down to Southern Ontario, which was a 13 hour drive okay. <laughs> with the cat. So that was great. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I, I did my schooling. And when I was in the, in school at Centennial College, I had met Hillary and okay. she was teaching there at the time and working at 427 here in Toronto which is yeah. a really big collision shop. It's a big name down here and okay. suggested like I come in for an interview. Uh, yeah. So I went in for an interview and they liked me and hired me on for when I was done my school. Okay. And I worked, I did, I worked with them for three years. Okay. I didn't realize I that you worked with Hillary for, for that long before Ink and Iron. Yep. That's, that's awesome. Well, okay. So for those who, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> that was a hesitation. <laughs> she she wasn't there for the full three years that I was there. Okay. She had like gotcha. gone and opened her shop and everything. So ah, okay. But you worked together for a time. Yes. Or that's how you met before then. Okay. So for yeah. those of you who are not familiar, uh go back into the archives because episode I think two um <laughs> Audie is episode 168 Hillary was episode two um but you can go back and check out uh, my interview with her but definitely go check her out online Hillary is the owner um of Ink and Iron Auto Restoration in uh Toronto right um and uh and and Audie worked with her for a time and and has been her like she moonlights. Audie moonlights as a restoration tech uh, with with Hillary and works on other projects. Um, so I didn't realize you guys had worked together. And so she was teaching at the school. Yeah, when, she was when you met her. One okay. of my teachers at the school. Oh, that's awesome! Very yeah, cool. that's how I met her. Okay, sweet. Okay, so now you're working yeah. at a collision shop while you're going through your program in collision tech. How long is the program for? So they say it's three years, but it's technically only six months of schooling. Okay. So like you do, you do two months of school, you work for a year, two months of school, work for a year, two months of school okay. kind of thing. And gotcha. it usually takes about three years to get the required amount of hours of hand okay. in shop, hands-on training that you need in order to go and write the exam for your license. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It's a confusing process. <laughs> it it is a little. I'm start I feel like I'm starting to figure out. I've interviewed a lot of women from Canada and I'm starting to like maybe feel like I'm grasping it. Um I'm really yeah. jealous of you guys in a lot of ways with your program. Um <laughs> but it does sound a little bit confusing. Um so you're going to school while you're working at this shop. Were you at the shop for the entirety of your schooling? Yes. Okay. And that was So yeah, they lay you off for two months. So you collect unemployment insurance while you go to school full time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um and this was doing collision. So you were doing more of the same. Uh were you yeah. getting into like heavier stuff at this point or just um, a little bit the of first everything? Level one and level two is more of like smaller things. 
once you get into level three is when you get into like the frame pulling and straightening and all that stuff and panel like welded on panel changing and all that stuff gotcha and aside from hillary had you encountered any other women at this point (laughs) um in my schooling there was a couple of us i think level one there was four of us nice and then level two there was two of us i think okay and then i think for level three it was just me okay and how was this shop with you do you feel like it was becoming less of an issue that you were a woman i mean they'd they'd already had a female there i've noticed like being in southern ontario the shops that i've worked at they're more open to having women and Mm. you know there have been women working in the shop there before like when i was at 427 i think there was like six or seven of us girls wow but they also had a staff of like 100 people on the floor okay i was gonna say how large of a shop that's very big (laughs) very big shop yeah Okay, I'm not good at math, but that percentage is still, I have no idea what that percentage is, but that's low. (laughs) But that's still impressive. That's a lot of women to be working in the same shop. Um, So that's, that's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was pretty neat. Like I went from a small shop, you know, there was five technicians and I was the only girl ever to have worked on that shop floor to this shop of, you know, a hundred people working on the shop floor. That's not including like office staff and managers and all that stuff. Yeah. And then there was like seven or eight of us. So that was pretty cool. That's incredible. Um, and somebody from the comments is telling me that it's 6% because duh, of course, math, uh, that I should have, <laughs> that would have, should have been easy, but clearly, um, <laughs> That that was an easy one. Thank you, Kenneth, though, for uh, for helping me realize how easy that should have been. Six percent—that's huge, um, considering women in the industry. I don't—is it the same in Canada? In the U.S., women are about less than two percent of um, of the industry. Do you know if it's the same in Canada? That I'm not sure of. I'd have to okay. look. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine it's much different. But um, but that's so that's significant. So, what was? What was it like between the two shops? I mean, obviously you had a supportive shop at the first shop, um, but to go from a small shop where you were the first, no pressure, how we're going to treat the rest of women coming in is dependent on how we experience you, to being at a shop that was large and had experienced female technicians before and clearly didn't have an issue with it. Like, What were some of the differences that you experienced? I think for me, the biggest was the opportunity for growth Mm. in what I was, you know, they were giving me to do job wise. So like the smaller shop, I wasn't really doing much more other than, you know, changing fenders and bumpers. Occasionally I'd be fixing doors and stuff like that. I never touched a frame rack when I was there. And then being in the bigger shop, they're like, here you go. You can fix this quarter panel. Here you go. You can, you know, change this rear end panel on this Porsche kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like having the ability and access for training to be able to do the jobs properly. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Very cool. Um, It's such an interesting like array of experiences that you've had. So when did you leave them? Because you're not at that current sh- that shop currently, right? 
Yeah. So, oh, that was, I don't know if my math is correct, but I want to say maybe six years ago I left there. Okay. okay. So I, I finished my apprenticeship with them and then I had decided that I wanted to move back to my hometown. Ah. So I went back okay. to my hometown and then I wrote my license there. Okay. Got my all my licensing papers and everything. So I was a licensed technician and then ended up working back at that small shop again. Okay. I was gonna say, were you able to find work now that you had all so this training? I had applied I had applied at almost every shop in town. I had interviews set up and uh, it was the same thing. It was, we'll give you a call when we're hiring kind of thing. We're not hiring right now or, you know, managers out of town. So he'll get back to you. And then I'd follow up and yeah. just the same run around. Right. And then yeah. I just so happened to go in just to see everybody at the shop that I had started at. And they're like, yeah. you looking for a job? And I was like, oh, actually, actually so they hired me back awesome awesome <laughs> and I was I was there for almost a year before I ended up coming back down to southern Ontario okay interesting it's yeah. I, I'm glad that you brought all of that up because that's like I, I feel like it would be easy like someone playing devil's advocate could say all right maybe it wasn't because you were a woman maybe it was because you were inexperienced that nobody was calling you back but then mm -hmm. you come back years later as a licensed technician, as a licensed technician, you're experienced, you have the skills, yeah. you've proven yourself and they're still saying, yeah, no, not interested um, in this day and age when we're, everybody is looking for techs, like everybody needs people. Um, they're still saying no. So there's mm -hmm. like, that was a great study. Like, <laughs> like you proved the point, like it, yeah. is, it was because you were a woman, not just because you were inexperienced and that's unfortunate but I'm glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. um, interesting. Okay. So why did you go back to Ontario again? Was it just missing the larger, larger city? Yeah. I, I, I missed the, you know, the friends and everything that I had made down here and all that. So I ended up coming back and that's, I was working with Hillary full time at that point in the restoration stuff. So I so you took a step left back collision. from the collision. Okay. Yeah. Left collision, went to restoration. Um, I want to talk about that a little bit, um, but I've got a question from the audience, which I'd like to ask. Um, <laughs> Kenneth is asking, your demeanor is so calm, cool, and collected. How does she stay so well-grounded in such a male-dominated field? <laughs> you are um, very zen, very zen. Yeah, I've, I've dealt with a lot in my life, so I just kind of learned to, you know, I need to prove that I am capable of doing anything that I want to accomplish. So I just do what I have to, to get it done. It gets frustrating sometimes, but I just carry on. Have, have you always been so good at handling it? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's, let's talk about that. Like, what are some of the things that you've learned and like tips and, and tools that you've learned for yourself to like, allow you to stay that calm and focused and let like the things not bother you as much. And I know there's days we all have them, right? Like no matter what, no matter how long we've been doing it, we all have the days where it gets to us and gets under our skin. But um, how have you, 
how have you learned and what have you learned to help you kind of keep, keep moving and stay focused? I mean, I don't know really if there's anything that I do specifically to keep me going. I just, you know, I just, I've always been the person, like if I want to do something and I set my mind to it, I'll just do it no matter what happens. And I just keep going. I don't know if there's really an actual technique to it. <laughs> You've just always been that person. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm determined. Right. Like if I'm going to, okay. you know, I, someone says I can't do something. I'm going to try and do it or I'm going to do it and yeah. I'm not going to stop until it's done kind of thing. Yeah. In fact, probably motivated more by them telling you that you can't do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And, yep. You know, being a woman in the industry, the male dominated industry, you gotta, you gotta not let them see you fail. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. All right. So Let's dig into this whole collision versus restoration thing now, because you went from heavy collision to working in a restoration shop. And those are, for folks who are not in the industry, may not know, two very different worlds. Um, they are what very was, different. <laughs> what was that transition like? Um, it was, it was different. It was, <laughs> there's a lot of things you do differently in the restoration world versus the collision industry. Um, my favorite like contrast i guess would be welding on like older vehicles as opposed to newer vehicles older okay. vehicles the metal is a lot thicker so it's a lot easier mm. <laughs> well and isn't it vehicles, true a lot of the newer stuff you're not even doing a lot of welding anymore it's like panel bond yeah a lot of them OEM procedures require like panel bond or different types of glue. Some use rivets. Like it's totally different than, you know, here's a, you know, car from the sixties, weld this quarter panel on. Right. You know, it doesn't <laughs> matter how big the weld bead is or what amperage or wire you're using, but yeah. now like, you know, they're right down to specifics. Like you can't have a weld that's more than like, you know, say 11 millimeters in diameter kind of oh, thing. Super specific. Yeah. Do each of the manufacturers have a whole different set of guidelines for that? Like, do they have they different do. standards? Yeah. Okay. So that's got to be challenging to keep track of. Yep. <laughs> and like this, say a model, say a Honda from 2011, the way you fix that is different than you fix a Honda from 2012. Like they'll have a whole new set of procedures that you have to follow. Interesting. Interesting. Well, you're always learning something new. <laughs> so do you have a preference between the two? I, I like to do a bit of both. Okay. Yeah. What you, what's your like favorite and least favorite about each collision and restoration? What do you like the most and what do you not like? Restoration <laughs> is like it's nice because your time frame is a lot longer. You know, mm. you don't need to have a car in and out the door in two days. So collision work can be stressful. You know, sometimes you get, you know, a job that, you know, the computer says it's only like a two day job, but you got, you're dealing with back ordered parts or right. aftermarket parts that don't fit properly. And then sometimes what? aftermarket parts, not fitting right? that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Yeah. Okay. Collision can get stressful with, you know, the in and out quick, but at the same time, it's nice because you're not looking at the same car for months on end. Yeah. Unless of course you're dealing with back ordered parts that aren't available, then right. you're looking at it for a long time. But for right. the most part, like, you know, it's quick turnaround. You get different car every day kind of thing. Yeah. We were just talking about that at the shop last night, actually, that like, collision or mechanical you get that like instant satisfaction of like i did a thing look it's done mm -hmm. and like you get that feedback immediately the reward at the at the end of all the trial and tribulation is like much faster whereas restoration it can get it can get to be a lot because you're like i am working my butt off and it does not look like anything is happening any different than it was yeah a month ago <laughs> yeah I, i've been i've been sanding this panel for three weeks straight and it still <laughs> looks the same like <laughs> yes you hugely frustrating but also like that much more rewarding just like delayed gratification mm -hmm. um what um what is your favorite part of collision like what type of work do you like doing the most or what's your favorite part of it um i hate doing body filler <laughs> <laughs> Everybody who knows okay. me knows I hate doing it, but I do it. Okay. <laughs> um, my favorite part of like any, whether it's restoration or collision work is the metal work itself. Whether it's, you know, fabricating a patch to fix a rust hole or, you know, changing a quarter panel or rear end panel, that kind of stuff. Like I really enjoy that. I like, I like welding. Do you like the, so, the beating the panels into submission or do you like the welding part the most? Like the metal shaping or the welding or both? Yeah, I, I do enjoy I haven't, it's hard in the collision industry now. A lot of times it's just replace the part. Yeah. But I do find satisfaction in, you know, fixing something that instead of replacing it, you yeah. know, spending the time working the metal to get it to where I want it to be. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So tell me about the shop that you're at now. You worked at Ink and Iron for a little while with Hillary, strictly with restoration. What made you go mm -hmm. back to collision and leave the restoration side of things? Just, I guess, kind of like a bit of a change. Uh, I continued to work part-time with her when I went back to the like the collision side. So I do collision full-time and then weekends with her doing the restoration stuff. Nice. But um, yeah, the shop I'm at now, I've been there for almost four years. Okay. And, and I, you, you like it, I take me. it, you stay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I love it there. My like the staff I work with is great. The technicians are great. Management's great. The owners awesome. are great. So That's they've really phenomenal. given me opportunities to, you know, grow and move up and nice. basically thrown me into the heavy side. So I do like 90% of the stuff I'm doing is frame rack stuff. Nice. So which is definitely a new learning learning experience for me. I'm always liking to challenge my brain. Yeah. Do you like the the really heavy duty stuff like that? I do. My body doesn't, but I deal with it. Okay. <laughs> you know, when you're climbing <laughs> up and down the frame rack multiple yeah. times a day, you get yeah. You get pretty worn out by the end of the day. But I do like seeing, you know, you get this car that comes in that's completely mangled and then when it leaves it looks brand new again. So yeah. it's it's satisfying knowing that, you know, I, I'm capable of doing that. Yeah. 
And for those of you who are listening and and not watching this, um, or even like, because she's sitting, so you can't tell, she's not tall. <laughs> like she's no, I am, not... I am five foot four. <laughs> she I'm is very short. <laughs> she is small, but she is mighty. Um, so it's extra impressive that she's doing this like hardcore work that is really so so very rare to see women in, and it is just. It's so cool to see not only that you're excelling at it, but that you've you've been able to really find shops where you've been accepted and where you've been like treated as capable and given a chance regardless, like where it hasn't been an issue. And that's just that's really cool to hear, despite the fact that you had kind of that rough start at the beginning with people not giving you a chance and taking you seriously, like you're excelling and you're the lead tech at your shop now, right? Yeah. That's incredible. Like accolades to you. Like that's, that's, it's phenomenal. I, I hope you, I hope you know how big of a deal that is. Yeah, no, it's, it's been good. That's awesome. What's, um, what are the goals for you? Do you have like ambition of things that you want to learn, things that you want to do? Um, are you happy where you're at? What's the, what's the, plan? I, it, like location wise, I'm happy where I'm at. Um, as far as like my knowledge, I do want to get more into like the aluminum stuff. We don't do a lot of aluminum mm. work at the shop I'm okay. at. So like, you know, doing some training and stuff like that. Cause a lot of okay. the vehicles are coming that are coming out now are aluminum. So yeah. being able, like having that knowledge and being able to you know, fix those vehicles, I think yeah. would be kind of helpful for me. Yeah, that's, that actually brings up a really interesting question. I think, you know, people often think about like all the new technology in cars as it affects mechanics, right? There's all the wiring mm -hmm. and the control modules and there's all of that. And that's definitely a part of it, but there's this whole other side of it that I think people don't really realize is like you were talking about all of the different regulations and how you weld it and what the technical specifications are there. But then there's also like all these new materials and yeah. dealing with that. How do you stay up on and how do they do this within your shop? How have you seen it done in other shops to like stay up on education and, and kind of learn about what's coming down the line? Um, well, with us, like we've been doing, we do a lot of iCar training. I don't know if Okay. You guys have that down in the we States do. as well? Yeah. Explain so it though of, for anybody who's not familiar. It's like, I guess the OEM manufacturers and stuff like that, they have these standards and iCar, they use iCar to teach them, I guess. So yeah. it's, it's basically training. So say you want to learn how to fix a Honda Accord or whatever, they'll send you for iCar training that's specific to Honda. So okay. this is how Honda wants their vehicle repaired. This is what you can do, what you can't do. <coughs> they get into pretty specifics and stuff like that. So like, and then, you know, they'll have some for paint training. They'll have like body filler training, all that kind of stuff. Like pretty much everything there is. They have a different class that Are they you... have for you. I, we have iCar in the U.S. too, but it is not, I, I don't believe, and I could be speaking out of turn because I'm not familiar enough with the collision side. Um, I don't believe it's required. It it helps you get a job. It makes you look better. Um, mm -hmm. But 
I don't know that it necessarily is required. I could, like I said, could be speaking out of turn. Is it required in Canada? Do you have to like do a certain amount of ICAR training per year? Um, if, if the shop that you work at is, I can't remember if it's gold certified or platinum certified through ICAR, then okay. they have to have a certain number of techs that are, you know, in that designation of gold or platinum. I can't remember. The shop has to be one and the technician has to be the other. I just don't remember. Okay. It's been a while. Sure. Um, I don't think the shop that I'm currently at has the ICAR Certi that certification yet okay. i think they're working towards it but okay. um if if you're at a shop that has that recognition then the technicians they have to have a certain number of technicians that have that certification and they have to do a certain number of classes per year in order gotcha. to keep that recognition okay very cool so you're so, kind of constantly getting that that constantly education. getting that training yeah yeah I don't, I don't know if it's, it's not required that shops be ICAR certified, but okay. it's, it's recommended, I guess. Do you, I'm curious, like on the, cause on the mechanical side, I feel like if you, if you're out of the industry for like, even just like two or three years, like technology passes you by, like by the time mm -hmm. you jump back in, you're going to be like, what the heck is this? Um, and, and it's like starting all over again. Like if I were to go back to a dealership now and try to be a mechanic after all of these years, like not being on the line, like I would be, it would take a while to get used to it. Is the same, is it the same? Like where is the technology moving that fast that like you blink and it, it's gone? I think or, so. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Do you like that? Learning new things every day. I mean, it's it's a challenge for the brain. It always keeps me going. Yeah. <laughs> always wanting to learn something new, right? That's awesome. I mean, a lot of people hate that, right? A lot of people are like, oh, the new technology, everything's changing. And then other people love it. I'm with you. I love it. It's something new. I get to learn new things. I get to mm -hmm. grow. But that's cool. What um, What has been like the biggest challenge to learn or um most challenging job you've done um or maybe it's not work related at all and maybe it has to do with your career in general like what do you feel like has been your biggest challenge oh i don't even know um <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's been a lot of challenges along the way <laughs> I, I know that was either like I don't find anything challenging or that was there's everything's a challenge. <laughs> I mean, like some, some days there's certain jobs that I do that I find are a challenge because like I haven't done it very often or it's something I've never done before. So I'm like, you know, learning how to do it properly. Yeah. Uh, that, that I find challenging sometimes, you know, get this new car, you know, when the Broncos first came out, like, People are like, well, like, how, how do you, how do you take this off? I was like, I don't know. I've never done one. It's, you know, you got to take your time and trial and error, figure out where the screws yeah. are. And yeah, like, you know, that's how you learn. Right. So like, I, I personally haven't worked on one of the new Broncos yet, but yeah, we've had a few too. in the shop that the other techs have. And there, there's a lot to those, <laughs> but, like, you know, just like yeah new things right like things i've never yeah. done before it's, i find can be challenging but you yeah. know I'll, if i can't figure it out i do my research and 
learn as I go kind of thing. Yeah. I, I love the challenge of that. Like, I don't know about you, but like, I get excited about that stuff. I'm like that nerd who gets into a, like a friend's car and I'm already like looking at things like, how do I take this apart? Yeah. <laughs> it's <Yep>. bad. <laughs> um, I'm always open for like a challenge too. Like, we had a, two years ago, we had a car come in and needed an engine wiring harness. And normally we would send that out to a mechanic shop to do. And we were slow at the time. So I told my boss, I was like, let me do it. He's like, okay, 12 and a half hours later, I changed my first engine wiring harness. Nice. That's awesome. (laughs) You know, it was, it was challenging, you know, I'm up to my armpits and the engine bay behind the engine in a vehicle, but you know, I got it done. Do you feel like looking back, like you, you had originally like wanted to be a mechanic. You're in this interesting side of the collision industry where, where there is a lot of mechanics to it, right? Like you're, you're, you are Mm -hmm. taking things apart and putting them back together. Um, but you're doing it in a, in a different sort of way than, um, than automotive technicians are, um, do you, do you ever wonder, like, do you feel like you wound up in the right place is, is was this meant to be? Um, do you ever wish that you could do the other or I don't know. I mean, there's some days like I wonder what it would have been like if I had gone into the mechanics, but I also have like, even with my collision license that I have now, I do have the opportunity. I could get that mechanics license also and have the double license, but I would still have to go through all the schooling and everything for it. So maybe one day down the road, I might do that. Yeah. But for now, I mean, I'm happy with the the path I'm on. Awesome. I've met some pretty amazing people along the way. Lots of great opportunities. Yeah. Any particular mentors that you'd love to shout out? I know we talked about the one at your first job. Um, We always love giving mentors credit where credit is due. Any phenomenal mentors or teachers that you've had along the way? Um, probably Hillary. She's been, she's taught me quite a lot over the years. She's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. So, and, we, we and I know she's well watching her. right now. Her, her she? and hubs. She, said she was going to try. <laughs> yep. I saw her and, and hubs are, uh, are both on That's and good. they both say that they love you. Love you guys. <laughs> um, um, let's see. Um, We've got some interesting uh, audio is the personification of why women should be previewed on this channel. She's a hard ass worker and probably wouldn't get the recognition she so rightfully deserves. I couldn't agree more, Kenneth. She is is a total boss. Um, Another question was, do you ever see yourself wanting to open up your own shop or be your own boss? Is that something that you see in your future, even if it's far down the road or? Probably not. I think I'm a technician for life. Okay. Yep. There's no, there's no right or wrong yeah. answer there. I'm just curious. I, yeah. I, I prefer to be on the like repair side of everything as opposed to the administration stuff. I don't, Probably why I, don't I didn't go you. to university. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't blame you. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Um, shoot. I just looked at the time. Um, and as I predicted and told you, I was going to not know that we snuck up on an hour here. It is almost Goes time for us really to be done. Fast. It is, and I know it's really late for you, so I totally want to be respectful of your time. Um, 
I have my final question that I like to ask, unless there's anything else that we haven't talked about that you would like to touch on. Anything yeah. that you've been dying to talk about? No. No. I'm just okay. living life, enjoying life. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Then I'm going to ask my final question. My final question is, if you had the opportunity to go back in time and talk to little baby Audie, um, what are your words of advice to her? Oh, um, probably just, you know, follow your heart and do what you want to do to make you happy. And like, you know, don't let other people get you down. Do you feel like you are doing that? Are you, are you doing what makes Audie happy? I am very much so. So baby Audie would be very proud of you? I think so. <laughs> awesome. I love it. As she should be. I'm very yeah. proud of you. I think you're incredible. Um, and I, I hope you, I hope you know, like, even though, yes, you're working at shops that are accepting of you and that you've worked with other women, um, you are still uh, a trailblazer and one of very few. And, um, and I, I think you're a boss. And uh, you've made an incredible name for yourself and uh, proud to know you. I'm so thrilled that you said yes uh, to being on this and sharing your story with everybody. So thank you so very much for doing that. Um, thank you for having I, me. Absolutely. I encourage everybody to follow her and check her out um, and follow along on her career. Uh, she really does some incredible work. So um, thank you so much for joining and tuning in. Um, folks at home, thank you guys all so much for hanging out, spending part of your evening with us. Um, I hope you enjoyed getting to know Audie and her story as much as I did. I've known her for a long time, but this is the first I've really gotten to dive into to learning about her backstory and how she got to where she is. So. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your evening. Um, again, make sure you come back every Wednesday for another live episode to meet another incredible trans woman. And of course, Monday night to see an archived episode. Make sure you go back and watch episode two uh, to meet Hillary, who was one of Audie's mentors and good friends um, that we've talked about several times throughout the episode. Um, and of course, go back and listen to all of the old archive episodes. There's just, there's so many incredible women, so many incredible stories, so much, um, passion and inspiration and empowerment. So if you're needing a feel good story or needing some inspiration, uh, definitely there's a lot of that in the past episodes of this show. Uh, you can listen anytime you want, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, if you like this series, hit like, hit subscribe, leave comments, help us spread the word. So all of these incredible women get their stories uh, heard more far and more wide and get a light shown on them. Um, and until next time, uh, be good to yourselves. Be good to one another and we will see you next week.